and welcome to the Fantasy Premiership Podcast. My name is Jared Dyke, and I am broadcasting or recording from just outside Boston, Massachusetts, in the United States. So, uh, many of you are probably wondering, this is a thing? Fantasy rugby? And myself and another friend uh, also had this thought, and um, we went ahead and looked for fantasy rugby options of, of any sort that we could find, and we came across the very similar to the fantasy Premier League um, style of play with the salary and so on and so forth. It's on um, a place called the Rugby Magazine website. They also do a Super League one. We did not do a Super League uh, fantasy premier, fantasy uh, rugby league yet, but um, we did manage to get into the the Premiership before that started. So, <coughs> pardon me. For the for first of all, why are we doing it? Um, I'll probably have a, a co-host on here, maybe in the next month or so, that'll talk about this with me. But um, I want to do this because I like fantasy sports. I play fantasy uh, NFL, fantasy football, uh, American football, for those of you that, that may not be from the United States. Um, I also play fantasy Premier League, and I also do the um, March Madness pools. And, you know, I, I just enjoy these. The, the, I love sports, and these are ways to get into sports more. I, I play DraftKings. I don't play I don't play for tons of money. Trust me, I couldn't do it if I wanted to. I wouldn't do it if I, if I could, honestly. I, I just, I'd rather have the fun of it and keep the pressure off of worrying about you know money on the line. Not, not quite my cup of tea. I, uh, I do those things for fun. I don't do those things because I, I need money. If it comes down to that, I've got to. I've got to sort my values out. Anyway, so um, I love rugby. I love fantasy sports. Knowing what I know about rugby and knowing that I know a an all right amount, especially for an American, and I only started playing it when I was in high school. Um, those of you that are looking for a grade number, grade 10, um, sophomore year in high school. I now I've been playing it for you know better part of 10, 10 15 years so I I love the sport uh, I've followed the Premiership pretty closely for probably the last ten years so once once we figured out myself and and my friend Ben figured out that this thing this is a this is a thing fantasy rugby is a thing. We jumped into it. Um, unfortunately, the fan, the the rugby mag website makes you pay for a lot of the stats, which is fine. I understand the need to make a little bit of money. It's a very small website, um, small company, and that's fine. I can dig most of the stats out that they're trying to score for, um, either via all the points I can find through them. Uh, and then just like the stats, like tackles and minutes played, all that, who's played, who hasn't. Uh, obviously, tries and conversions and stuff like that are very easy to find cards. 
but yeah, so well, before we get too deep into that, let's 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 talk about how how you play this thing. So you pick a team of at least twenty eight players. Yes, twenty eight players. You're given a fictitious budget of seven million pounds or sterling. Looks like pounds. No, that's pounds. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. That's pounds. Forgive me. <laughs> Please forgive me. I'm. I'm not this stupid. I promise. Um. Anyway, so you're given a budget of seven million. We'll just call it seven million. You don't need to know what the the unit is. It doesn't matter. You're giving a. a Budget of seven million. You can't choose more than six players from a team. So, if you're paying attention this year, the teams you pro- the players you probably want a lot of are from Exeter and Saracens. You can only pick six of each of those. You got sixteen more slots to figure it out to get that in. Plus, you have to be able to fit that all into the budget. Believe me, the budget's right up against it for twenty eight players. People are people talk about the ability or we've talked to at least I've discussed the ability to be able to carry 30, 30 players. Okay, great. You're definitely cutting your, your budget down or you're definitely going to cut your quality of player down. Not to say you can't find some great cheapos. I, I promise you, I found a couple myself, but it's, it's not, it's not how it works. Um, so on match day, you pick 23 man squad. You pick the eight for your bench and the 15 in your side. You need to have players eligible to play all 15 positions in, in said positions. You pick, a, you pick a captain. The captain's points are doubled. And then you pick a kicker whose um, points for goal kicking are only scored for that player. So if, you know, you have, say, Owen Farrell and Billy Twelve Trees, both of them kick a goal. Since Twelve Trees is eligible for center you could have a Owen Farrell 12 trees combination on the field you need to pick one of them to have the stats for kicks at goal process you can't just say oh I'm going to have two goal kickers on the field would be nice you know that would make that would make somebody like Elliot Daly a little bit more valuable somebody like um think Marcelo Bosch, when he becomes healthy, it's the one that comes to mind. Those are the two that come to mind off the top of my head. That would make them a little more valuable if that were the case. So, But that's not the case. With that, you need to pick a captain that will double the points. Um, certain players are obviously much better to have as captain than others. You get points for tries, conversions, um, minutes played, all that stuff. The carry the meters carried makes a difference. Backs need to carry ten meters in order to get a point, whereas hookers and loose forwards need to carry eight for eight meters for a point. Props, uh, locks need to second rows locks, whatever you wish to call them. Those only need two meters for a point on a, on carries, and props need just one measly meter for one point. So. Players like Macavunapolo are extremely valuable because he he does a lot of get a lot of carry meters. Um, so with that, there's that um, passes are kind of a similar thing. Um, backs it takes more passes to get the points. Anyway, so and then you obviously lose you lose points for turning the ball over. 
Um, you do win points for getting turnovers. Um, losing lineouts, if your hooker is losing lineouts, um, you get points for that. Points points are lost for cards and uh, missed tackles as well. So those are those are points that are minus as well. Those are stats I'm not going to have readily available right yet. Um, I barely have stat point stats for for games, but we're going to go with it for today. Um, so let's just have a look at it. I've got. I've got our first week um, ready to go here. So let's have a look at the game week deadline. Uh, the game week that was. Um, uh, hold on. Yep, there we go. Um, so we'll start with Friday night. Uh, Exeter and Newcastle. It was it was a good game. Uh, Exeter were Exeter. <laughs> they exited their way to a win. It's there's no question about that. Um, Luke Cowan Dickey. Luke Cowan. So here's the fun thing. Here's the thing about certain positions that you're going to have to kind of get a hold of with this one. Uh, hookers, hookers, and props change a lot. So you need to have. I've made the mistake of not picking a very good squad. Um, that is often, if not always, picked. Overall, let alone my front rows. So I'm I'm taking hits for too many transfers in one week. You only get one free transfer. After that, it's a minus. It's minus points. You lose twenty points. Grand, you score three hundred points in a week. But still, you know, if you're making three, four transfers, that's forty to sixty extra points that you that you've now lost. Um. So yeah, Cowan Dickey. Uh, started, played well. Uh, the second highest scoring forward, obviously, the highest scoring forward was obviously Sam Simmons. He scored two tries. What else are you going to expect? Uh, Jack Monder was 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 darn good for twenty. He was good for twenty nine. He was the highest scoring back. Um, I made the mistake of starting Alex Cuthbert, who did absolutely nothing. And really, it makes sense in a way because Exeter is not a backs team. Yes, their backs are going to score points, but that's just not a backs team. They, they, they're they very forward heavy. Uh, Sam Simmons is a great pick at an eight. If you're going to pick an Exeter player and you're going to spend the money on a, on a player, I think Sam Simmons is definitely worth the money. Uh, and he's probably one of the few really non-goal kickers that I would captain because you know he's going to be up there in the leading try scores of the year, which is rare for an eight-man, but not for Exeter. That Thomas Waldrum has led them in tries before he moved, uh, before he moved away, you know. So he's totally worth it. Um, Newcastle actually had a lot of, a lot more high-scoring guys. Um, Oh, did I say Johnny Hill also scored 36 for Exeter? I'm sorry. That was so there were th- the top three scoring guys were Cowan Dickey, Johnny Hill, and um, Sam Simmons. My fault. Uh, Johnny Hill did have a good game. Good lineup winners are definitely valuable in, in guys that make line breaks that are that are locks are very good. Uh, I haven't figured out if you play a guy at lock in your lineup, does that what is that what count, counts? You know, the, between the difference between an eight meter, uh, 
per point run or a two meter point point run. I think it's what position they play in their team that makes the difference, which makes sense in my in my opinion at least. Um, looking at looking at Newcastle, who had such a great year last year, and it's so disappointing to see them where they are right now. Uh, Takalua was their high, their highest scoring. Uh, their highest score, and he was a fairly cheap buy, if I'm right. I have him in my team as my scrum half. Um, I wanted Spencer or Wigglesworth, but really I thought they were, if I'm going to pick six Saracens, I like both those guys, but those aren't the, that's, they're not one of six that I want in there for sure. Um, there's plenty of value for scrum halves out there. Uh, the trick to scrum half is definitely going to be pick guys that won't crater your team but also aren't going to leave for international duty because remember the premiership still goes when international duty rolls around it's not like it's not like the premier league it's not like football it's not like um soccer for those of you that are listening in the u.s um it it still goes okay so you gotta remember that Ooh, excuse me um johnny williams was the next next highest scorer had a good game. Was was um, was bashing it up uh, off Toby Flood all day. Uh, Toby Flood is just not a value that I would pick for a ten. If you're, there's better tens out there. If you're, if that's what you're going to pick in your lineup, wings and fullbacks are valuable, especially if they play multiple positions listed on the website. So guys like Hammersley and Kib Kibridge are, are going to be Kibridge. Excuse me sorry buddy, um, are going to be very valuable because they gain meters very easily because they're often returning kicks. Yeah, yeah and they don't always have a lot of pressure on them. Um, there is There are points in this format for kicks, kick meters made from hand, so not obviously not in open play. That's it, that is in open play. I haven't figured out if you need to have a person designated as, the, as your kicker or if that comes... In, as a part of open play and not necessarily doesn't need to carry the kicker designation. Haven't figured that one out yet. Let you know when I do. Or if somebody else knows, hey, I'll leave my email in this thing and we'll we'll converse. How's that sound? Um, next. Uh, oh, my. Um <laughs> Bristol and Quinns. Quinns, what happened? Oh, my goodness. It's <sighs> Bristol are here to play. Let's let's be real about this. Let's not kid ourselves. Bristol are very here, very much here to play. They're not here to be pushovers. They're not here to go right back down. They came with a team already with a lot of players that were notable, and they signed more on top of it. Um, Ian Madigan was in this team. Um, Tusi PC was in this team. Uh, Jordan Crane's on this team now. There, there's notable names. Uh, they obviously have George Smith, who is good in his own right. Um, but let's talk about. So let's talk about Bristol a little bit here. Uh, I have this guy in my team. He's actually also listed as a flanker. There's a couple of them that are listed like this. He's one of them. Ashley Johnson is another. Is the other one, uh, but the guy for Bristol is Harry Thacker. 
he scored 36 this past weekend. That's a that is a great number, especially for a hooker. Um, he's carrying the ball fairly well. He hits his lineouts. Uh, he has a couple of large targets on top of that. That's the other thing when you pick a hooker. Make sure that their his lineout targets aren't you know, super short and or super unreliable because if they lose the line out because the guy can't catch or because the, the lifters aren't getting, you know, the short guy, the shortest guy on the team all the way up, you know, whatever reason that that's not their fault to make sure that their line out is, is, uh, is good. Don't uh, just pick a hooker randomly because he fits into your budget. Make sure it's somebody that's good. Um, Ed Holmes, again, another lock. With a high score for uh, for the forwards, he's he he's a good good ball winner. He did, he had a good game. Luatua also jumps, um, so that's kind of where the value of somebody like um, Billy Vinopola goes down. Billy Vinopola does not jump, so that's where that goes down. But obviously, Billy Vinopola also destroys people and rarely misses tackles. Um, you know, <sighs> Billy Vinopola carries a lot of money for your budget, so if you're picking him. You you have to pick with caution. You also have to pick many backup plans because he misses games, and he's obviously going to be called away with England, assuming he's healthy. So you need to just keep that one in mind. Um, for the backs, um, again, scrum half high high end of the scoring for the for Bristol. Very good. Madigan was the next highest guy, I believe. Yep. Um, so Madigan did very well. Um, notable for the forwards, Fenton, um, Nick Fenton Wells did really well. He's got, he got 16 off the bench, which is really not bad at all. I would, uh, I'd be happy with that. If for whatever reason you have Nick Fenton Wells in your lineup, Harry Thacker starts most games. Um, so I wouldn't sit there and bank on. Nick Fenton Wells, but if for whatever reason you were in a pinch and you had him on your team, or you're just a big Nick Fenton Wells fan, 16 points off the bench or 18 points, excuse me, didn't even do him justice. Not bad. Um. All right, Quinns. This is probably a big indication about how this match went, and that was Joe Marler got zero. Joe Marler is normally a good ball carrier for them. He's normally a um, good tackler. Sometimes gets in trouble, but, you know, he got a card, and that was pretty much the reason that put him in, put him in, put him over it. He did get a card, right? Okay, maybe I have that wrong. I'll double check. Um, I can always correct it next week. Um, so, you know, um, Matt Simmons led the team in scoring with 25 uh, for, fan, for for the forwards. Uh, again, a lock's always going to be probably one of the two biggest ones on the team. You don't necessarily want want them to be the biggest one. You want one of your loose forwards to be it. But really, the loose forwards on this team aren't somebody that scare me. They are all good. Don't, don't get me wrong. They're good players. But none of them scare me. Danny Kerr leads the whole team. With 45 after he scored, plus he's obviously going to have to um, get a lot of credit in there in the, in the bank for um, passes completed, and I because obviously they're they're passing so much, duh. 
they need to. If they're not passing it too much, then they're not doing their job very well. And these are professionals, so they're not going to miss very often. Um, the bad ones, you know that they're really bad because their scores are very low. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Danny Carey having 45 and the rest of the back save Nathan Earl having, under tw- having 20 or under is uh, an indication of how this game went. Uh, ben Tapawai was in the was in the bin. Maybe Tapawai was the one that got the card. So I don't know why Marlar ended up with a zero, but obviously did not did not have a good game. Yeah, Tapawai did end up with a card, so he's got eight. Um, yeah, uh, Quins are a tough team to pull somebody out of. Um, Denny Care might be a safe pick at scrum half if you want to spend the money, because I don't know if Eddie Jones is going to call him back in. It seems that Eddie Jones likes he likes Tom uh, Ben Youngs, not Tom Youngs. Ben Youngs, sorry. One's a hooker, one's a scrum half. I know. I'm just dumb, some dumb yank. I don't know better. Um, he doesn't. He likes Ben Spencer. He doesn't. He doesn't even like Richard Richard Wigglesworth, who's very good. So it's um, it's a mystery what Eddie Jones is going to do at scrum half. I don't think Danny Care is going to be uh, in his plans for this coming fo- this, for this November at least. Maybe he will be in the spring. You have time to adjust for that at least. Sale and Wass. It was a great. It was a good match uh, right up until the Wass decided they were going to stop fucking around. So. That is what it is. Um, running running short on time, so I'll try and run through this too, not too fast. Uh, the Curry brothers pick one. They're usually pretty good. This week it was Tom Curry. That was better. Uh, they both jump. They both carry the ball well. They, neither one of them misses tackles too often. John Ross is, is still holding off Beaumont and Strauss from the eight-man. Um, so good for him. Uh, probably a safe play if you need an eight-man at a cheap price. Will Cliff, good scrum half. Um, got a nice partner with AJ McGinty. AJ McGinty didn't have his best game, but he didn't have a bad game. Um, you know, Wasps are, t- are a tough team to go against either way. Uh, Marlon Yard is definitely a bit of a boomer or bust. Um, doesn't really do it for me on the defensive side of things. So he needs to basically score a try, or that's the end. Um, so. Yeah, the the guys to play on on the on on the Sharks are um, probably the Currys, John Ross, Cliff Cliff and McGinty, you know, Salomon Yard, little hit or miss. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, Wasp had a lot of guys play really well. A lot of guys scored a lot of points. They 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 themselves scored a lot of points on the board. So. Going to have a lot of high scores. Um, Tommy Taylor, 32. He was, I think he was second on the team in scoring. Yep. Tommy Taylor, again, a good hooker with a good line out. You're gonna, he's going to get a lot of points for you. Um, did very well. Uh, we had, and then Nathan Hughes, obviously Nathan Hughes bullied his way over for a try. So he was the second highest wasp forward. Uh, Ashley Johnson, we talked about him. I don't like him as a player personally. But as far as is he useful in this format of fantasy rugby, 
Absolutely he is. He plays both flanker and hooker. You can't go wrong with it. Um, Yuzer Mkhar I like, but I like a little better than I like Ashley Johnson. You, he was the third highest score, scoring forward on uh, on Wass, I believe. Yep, tied for third with Rollins. Um, Josh Bassett is a is a cheap good wing. I have Bassett in my team, and he's scored a couple of tries already. Um, he has guys like Elliot Daly and Willie Larue setting him up left and right. Um, I think he and he almost set one up for. Yeah, he almost got set up by Larue for another one. Um, pass was forward, and he he was tackled early. If not for that, then would have had another one. So yeah, Bassett's not a not a super expensive wing. Um, if you can get him, get him. Uh, I like Willie Larue. He came back from this game a little lagged from South Africa. I don't think. I think he's going right back, which is unfortunate. But he is a good play. Um, I think he'll be better once the the rugby championship is over for South Africa and the Southern Hemisphere countries. Okay, I'll try and breeze through the last few games in 10 minutes here. Um, Bath versus Northampton. Uh, Tom Ellis for Bath. Very good. Uh, it was a it was a sloppy game. I, I watched it. It was a very sloppy game. So any anybody that scored 30 in this game, consider consider yourself lucky. If you got 20 plus, that's a really good day. that's a really good day as well. Sam Underhill normally performs very well for them. Did not today. Um, Tom Ellis really really did kind of pick up the slack for him. Did very well. Um, Freddie Burns. Definitely man of the match type of performance. Uh, put one over the line and got some got some kicks to go for it as well. He uh, he showed some nuts. Um, he hit a it was either a penalty or conversion from the sideline. If you didn't watch the match, it was a really gross weather game. It was really rough on uh, the kickers for sure. Uh, so for me, uh, Freddie Burns did a really had a really nice day. Uh, Kakanasinga. You know, probably buoyed by his England call up to the England camp, uh, scored a try and slid right into the end boards. They got they got to find a way to either extend those or something at Bath because that's going to hurt somebody. Um, and Northampton, uh, they actually had a lot of they had a couple of high scoring forwards, um, Gibson and Ludlam, their their two their two flankers. Um, I. Uh, they, they made a lot of tackles, and that was probably what did it for them. Um, didn't miss too many. I uh, don't. Th- I think neither one of them missed a tackle, if I remember right. So that was because I think they talked about it on the broadcast. Um, Kobus Reinach somehow scored points, even though he got intercepted <laughs> uh, for a, a try by by Freddie Burns. Again, <laughs> if you didn't see the play, Reinach was really not on his game. He was telegraphing a lot of his passes. Um, made it way too easy to either smash into bigger or whoever was first receiver or worse, get intercepted. Um, uh, if you gambled on uh, a second rower that was coming off the bench, um, big old Virginian, uh, I'm going to butcher the heck out of this name, Ratu Niorawa. No. Yeah, Ratu Niorawa. Go with that. Um, 33 off the bench. Pretty good. He did have a, he did have a, a dominant day. He the second he stepped on the pitch, he uh, he made an impact. Um, a lot of those guys do. It's funny how it's funny how that goes. Um, so uh, the 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 scoring was actually surprising 
sufficiently good for how bad the game was. Um, Lester and Worcester. Uh, Lester, what is going on? Oh, my goodness. You've been beaten by Worcester, who are pegged by 90% of people to go down. I don't understand. Um, it happened. I haven't watched the game yet. I have it on DVR. I'm going to watch it. Um, George Ford scores 51. My goodness. Um, that can only be from with the kicks from hand, so maybe that answers that question. Um, but the rest of the team, you know, nobody scored more than uh, – did anybody else score more than 30? Uh, Guy Thompson scored 30 on the nose. That's it. Um there were a lot of points scored in this game. I'll give them credit. They stormed back. They did. I know that. I know. I was listening to the commentary. I was watching the Saracens match. I was listening to the commentary they were giving. Um, they stormed back, so they showed some nuts. Um, give them credit. Johnny Mayo, the 26. Ben Young's 28 again. Scrum half that plays well. Usually going to get you some points. Oh, I'm sorry. Calamaphoni also got 31. So there's three guys with 30-plus. Um, again, they stormed back. Calamaphoni, great eight man. Um, not necessarily going to cost you a ton. Um, certainly worth the, certainly worth the, the money that he's going to cost you. Um, Worcester, whew, Singleton, again, good hooker that plays well, both throws well and plays well in the loose. Very valuable. Um, Hugard and Weir, Weir, oh my goodness, 64. Weir was just wearing, wearing some balls, man. Uh, Bryce Heem, I really, I really like Bryce Heem. Uh, he's definitely worth the money that he costs. Uh, in this, um, I also heard that Chris Pennell, uh, or Pennell, however you want to say the last name or however he says it, um, is a, is the leader in, um, meters gained again, fullback catches the ball very far back away from the defense quite often has to run up. And if he gets half a break, it's meters, 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 you know, probably a try assist in there if it's a good enough run or a good enough counter. Um, a note on the hooker, the American uh, hooker, uh, Joe Tefete for Worcester. He is eligible as a prop. So if you need a little versatility in your lineup, uh, he doesn't start every game. He probably, he's, you know, like a lot of front rowers, he's rotated. But if you're in a pinch and you need some versatility on your bench, and Joe Tefete is at least on in your squad, if not, you know, in your lineup somewhere, uh, it helps. It helps helps uh, fill some fill some gaps. Uh, Ted Hill with 32 off the bench. If you gambled on Ted Hill, congratulations, you hit the jackpot. Um, but definitely look at Bryce Heem. I don't think he's that expensive, and he's probably worth every penny that you have to pay for him. Uh, I've tried to meet. Uh, Rejig my squad to get either Pennell or Heeman. Uh, you know, these Worcester players aren't necessarily costing you a lot because of where they are on the table and because they aren't necessarily names that you recognize around the world, but they are good players. All right. Final match. Wow. Um, I, I will sit here and tell you I'm a Saracen supporter. I have been for about nine years, so basically – 10 years when I first started watching, this was the team I got attached to. Um, they've had a lot of American players play for them. So this is also a reason um, that I've picked them. Obviously, 
they've turned into a great team on, on, on top of that and a great club. So I got lucky, I guess, a little bit. Maybe I maybe I picked the bandwagon team. I don't remember. I don't think I did. In any case, um, but I was not looking forward to this game as a Saracen supporter. I was looking forward to it as a fan because I knew it was going to be a good game. And it was a little disappointing. I was surprised Gloucester didn't show up. Um, real quick, let's see how much time do we have. Okay, not too bad. All right, so we have about three minutes that I want to get that I want to get this done in. Um, so, Macavonopola with twenty nine. He is a huge value prop in my opinion. I know he's high on the end of um, what he costs for salary. Put him in there. Yes, he's going to go away, go away with England, and so you have to be cautious about who else you pick for your front rowers. But he needs to be in lineups. He is a hard ball carrying prop, and you know he's making meters. So for every five meters he gets over that line, that's five points for you. You know, it's it's worth the money. It's worth the salary in, in your budget. Trust me. Um, Vincent Cock matched him with 29 as well. George Cruzen's return um, had 31. Mauro Atoje with 60. Yes, I said 60. He had two tries. One of them was a little bit of a uh, Johnny on the spot, right place, right time. You know, weird luck, but hey, right place, right town, right time. You know, good luck and opportunity is hard work and opportunity meeting meeting together. And he happened to be right where the ball bounced, and he was able to put it over the line for uh, a score. And then he got another one on top of that. Wigglesworth played very well. Um, Probably not worth again. I told, like I said before, um, there are scrum halves that are good that you don't need to uh, spend the kind of money that you're going to spend with Wigglesworth and Spencer. Um, and also, McCall likes to rotate the two of them. Uh, also, you never know when Ben Spencer is going to be called away on England duty or or Wigglesworth for that matter. So be wary. Uh, Owen Farrell, he's my captain. Obviously, with the exception of the week that he was in, um, that he was out. But he's my captain. I would advocate to have him be the captain for people. Um, pick him. Pick him at least for your fly half. Again, worth the money. <laughs> he's one of the more accurate goal kickers ever. So if you at least kick, at least pick him for your kicker. Uh, worth the money. If I'm going to pick six Saracens, he he's one of them. I do have six Saracens in my squad. He's one of them. Uh, Mario Toje Rhodes I have in there for his versatility. I also have Lazowski and Vernapola in there for versatility. And I don't remember who the last one is, but yeah, all, all of them. Oh, a Sequay. Um, probably need to ditch a Sequay for somebody else, honestly, but that's just my opinion. You never know. Um, Farrell had 33. Maitland had 36. Liam William had 37. Uh, Lazowski had 19 off the bench. Uh, it was a good day for uh, the Saracens overall. If you had a Saracen in your lineup, you probably did okay, if not very good, uh, unless you picked one of the guys that are off the bench that you probably shouldn't be picking, like Richard Barrington or T.T. Lemisatelli, who I love as people and players but are not worth worth your time and fantasy value. <sighs> Gloucester, what happened? I'm going to go through this as quick as I can. Uh, Jake Paledri. Leads the charge with 35 um, for the forwards. Uh, Grubler with, with 28. And Hooker Marias with 27. But, you know, 
Ruan Ackerman with 11. He came off, so that 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 doesn't quite tell, tell the story. Um, hopefully, he's okay. Um, Charlie Sharples, great day. He's a he's a he's a he's a hard man. Uh, Sips with 32, despite the fact that he scored 32 overall, he didn't look good. Callum Braley didn't look good. Um, yeah, this team was a little bit shell shocked, almost. I think. Uh, you know, you had. Ben Morgan scored 40 off the bench because he was able to come in and make an impact. I think Ben Morgan needs to be somewhere in that starting lineup. The odds are he's going to be if either uh, Paledri or Ackerman missed time. Because uh, I think Paledri came off for a minute or two. Maybe Ludlow. Maybe that was Ludlow. Ludlow came off, yes. Okay. So, yeah. I think Ben Morgan's probably worth the, the money if you want to transfer. If you're looking to transfer out somebody for now, Um that's probably a good idea. Um, ben Morgan would start on a lot of teams, as would many of these Gloucester players, or and even the even the Saracens players um, on most teams. So uh, if he's going to get some get a run, get that in there. Um, okay, so I know this wasn't the most in depth analysis ever known to man with fantasy rugby and rugby analysis, and you're probably used to something more in depth. I'm just getting the hang of this thing. So if you bear with me and you can wait for, wait for me to get somebody to bounce ideas off to, off of and talk off of, uh, this will, I think this will, this will be a good thing. Uh, so I'm going to leave an email in the uh, show notes. So if you have questions uh, about, about this, please shoot me an email. Uh, I will hopefully have a much more completed set of stats for next week's show. But I did want to do this because I think it's something that people – even if it's a small market, probably have questions about and want to know, hey, who should I play? Who's good out there? So if you want the advice from the Yanks over here, that's my advice for fantasy rugby. Uh, That's all we got for today, and I will see you guys next week. Uh, Enjoy the games this weekend. Uh, Go on, go out there and get some rugby in you. Good on you.